Amen. How precious is God's love. We, uh, we kind of uh, think, well, I don't blame him for loving me. Uh, we're, we're a bit arrogant, aren't we? Uh, God opens our eyes at times and we think uh, that we, we can see clearly. Lord, thank you for loving me. Uh, when I was yet a sinner, you, you died for me. When I was unlovely, you loved me. Uh, so tonight, uh, I want to talk about being filled. Uh, Matthew 5, 6 uh, you can you can go there. We'll, we'll kind of be in a bunch of different places tonight. Uh, but Matthew five six, of course, we we know that passage uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, blessed Matthew five six. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's uh, it's nice to be filled. It's good. To be filled. Um, I kind of thought of the opposite. Uh, there was, there was Ruth and Naomi, uh, and, uh, Orpah. So there in Ruth 1, 21, the opposite was happening here. Uh, so they too, this is Naomi and Ruth continuing on to Bethlehem. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that they, that all the city was moved about them and they said, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Which I think that's interesting. She said, I went out full. And you say, hold on, I thought there was a famine, and you went seeking fullness, and that's why you left. What do you mean you went out full? Uh, I think it's, I don't know, of course, she lost her, her husband and her sons while she was gone. Oh, I, we had so much. And we started making decisions like we didn't. We felt empty. And we left seeking fullness. And now, this many years later, I went out full. And the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Uh, boy, the, the perspective there, isn't it? Which, which is it? Did you go seeking fullness or did you go out full? Here, this many years later, she said, when I left, I went out full and I came back empty. Boy, the, the, the filling and the emptiness that kind of uh, uh, goes with us in this life when our perspective isn't what it should be. I imagine every husband in this room has had this experience. Where you climb into the vehicle that your wife normally drives. <laughs> and you glance down at the gas gauge. And discover that, yep, 
It's just about empty. Uh, some of the men in here are pretty fanatical about keeping the gas tank full. You know, Grandpa Ramos, he starts getting jittery if it drops below 63, 64ths of a tank. He starts looking for the next gas station. He was my bus driver for years and years, and, and he wanted to, every time he, I wanted to make sure it was full every time. None of this, I think I can get by with two, maybe three weeks if I have a good tailwind. <laughs> That's the younger bus drivers, right? <laughs> Brother Bishop, please put some fuel in your bus. Not, not Brother Ramos. Boy, he wanted it topped off. I remember uh, in, in high school, I had a job with one of the men in our church uh, installing sheet metal roofs. And my dad let us let me use the, the family suburban to get back and forth to work. A baby blue suburban with that white horizontal stripe down the side. Um, it was older than I was. See, I'm a I'm a model year in 1979, and that truck was a 1978. And of course, if I am driving it back and forth to work, I probably should, you know, open my wallet and buy some gas to put in there, but it was painful spending my own money. I would have rather the tank was full all the time, but boy, a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, I would put just enough in to get back and forth to where I had to be so consequentially. It was there on empty most of the time. Uh, they talk about the vehicle running on fumes. And there were times I, I probably you know, wanted to just put a fume in go into the, how much for a fume? <laughs> Just get the nozzle over there and have it cough into the fuel tank. <laughs> Just get a fume in there. Maybe I'm good for a little longer. And I loved it when dad would jump in there and be like, what is this? But boy, look at that. When did that get down so low? And dad would top it off and I'd be good for a while. How exciting. Of course, I'd rather it was full. Uh, but it, it costs to have that, that, that fullness. But, but you know, in our life, uh, God wants us to know a fullness. Uh, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. And it's not just filled with righteousness. There's a fullness of your life. When you live a life hungering and thirsting after righteousness, there's a fullness that we enjoy. In this life. Uh, there in, in, in Psalm 81. I'll read verses uh, 9, 10, and 11. Uh, it said, uh, There shall no strange God be in thee. It's interesting, huh? In thee. Not, not around you or amongst you, but there shall no strange God be in thee. Neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. I want to be the one doing the filling. I'm God. Yes, he wants us to be full, but he says, I want to be the one doing the filling. I'm the one that delivered you. And I want to be the one filling you up from day to day. Don't look for filling just anywhere. I want to be the one that does the filling. 
Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. The next verse is sad. But my people would not hearken unto my voice, and Israel would none of me. It's interesting because he said, I will fill it. And then later on, it wasn't that Israel wasn't interested in what he had for them. Israel wasn't interested in him. And Israel would none of me. God didn't want Israel ascribing worth to the false gods. I'm the one who delivered you. And I want to be the one that sustains you. We're living this life trying to fill up on something. And God says, I want to be the one doing the filling. Uh, If I come home and my wife says, oh, good, you're home. I'm your wife. I enjoy making a meal for you. And so there it is. I, 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 I put together this meal for you. And, I, and there's love mixed in there as well. How awful would it be? Well, one of the ladies of the church stopped by my office and brought me this meal. I ate that instead. I'm not interested. Ooh. It makes sense that she would be, I'm your wife. I want to be the one taking care of you. I'm your wife. Now, of course, that makes perfect sense to us, but how many of us, God, uh, his mercies are new every morning. And you say, thanks. But no thanks. I filled up already on something else. We have a revival coming up this weekend. uh, And I thought tonight I would look at this idea of the danger of living on empty the danger of living on empty. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you'd be with uh, these thoughts from your word. I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I I pray that we'd be careful, Lord. Uh, The the devil comes up and says, hey, you can fill up on this or you can fill up on that. And I pray that we'd say, no. My God up in heaven, he says, I want to do the one doing the filling. Open thy mouth wide. And not just, I'll make sure it gets, I will fill it. Lord, forgive us for allowing ourselves to be filled up with other things. You are God. You are the one who wants to do the filling. And no one can fill us like you. Really, when we fill up on things besides what you have for us, we fill up on emptiness. No wonder so many of us feel like this life is empty and shallow. Lord, we're full of emptiness. I pray instead, Lord, we'd be careful to live that life hungering and thirsting after righteousness and knowing that filling that only you can give. Help us to protect our appetites and come to you often for that filling that you want to give. I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So let's, we, can, we can jump over to Ephesians chapter 5. Um, part of the full life that God wants us to have is there where the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit. Be filled Don't live your life on empty. Be filled with the Spirit. Do not live your life on empty. Sometimes, uh, boy, maybe just like my gas tank, right? My get the nozzle to cough. 
into the tank and just leave a fume in there to get me a, a few more inches down the road. How many of us uh, skip that? Maybe our time with God, we don't really fill up in the morning. We get a little bit of fumes, maybe. And uh, we're not living the life filled with the Spirit. There it says in Ephesians five seventeen and following, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Our problem isn't that we're, we don't know what God wants. Our problem is we're disinterested in what God wants. When you are interested in what God wants, he reveals more of his will to you. You know plenty of his will to stay busy. And the more you're doing what you know to do, the more specific he gets with the next steps for your life. He says, live your life understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. The problem with alcohol is you start to drink it, there's no satisfaction, you start to go nuts because I need more. It tends to excess and it tends to control. It asks you, give up control of yourself to me, right? That's why even in this world, when somebody gets pulled over and they get a DUI, driving while under the influence, the wine asked, turn over control of your faculties to me. Be under my influence. Wine tends to excess. Wine tends to control. Don't give in to those things. Don't be filled with other things that are never satisfied and want to control you instead. Be filled with the Spirit. He wants to control and give over control of yourself to Him just like it's easy to do with the things of this world. The alcohol. Be filled with the Spirit instead. Empty yourselves of everything that is evil and vain. Uh, boy, when, you're, when you give over influence of yourself to alcohol uh, and you lose control and you, boy, I, was, I blacked out last night. What did I do? And it's never good, is it? <laughs> uh, boy, they, they would never say, well, you got, you got drunk out of your mind and, and you ended up over at the hospital. You say, oh no, what did I do at the hospital? You started washing windows. You started painting the lines, re- repainting them in the, in the driveway. And you did a great job. No, that doesn't happen. You turn over control of your life to those things that are ungodly. Bad things happen. When you turn over control of your life to the Holy Spirit, good things happen. Amen. Just like you look outside and you see a tree that, that, that you see, it's under the influence of the wind, right? You can't see the wind. The Bible talks about that in John chapter 3 when he was talking to Nicodemus and he said, the wind bloweth where it listeth and you can't tell where, whence it cometh or whither it goeth and you hear it, but, but you see the effect. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Just like the tree is under the influence of the breeze. When you and I are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it says there are some wonderful things that begin to happen. He says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Boy, when you're, when you're filled with the Spirit, there's that song that comes from heaven. There's a singing. 
When the message is what's important. Uh, when pleasing and praising God is what's important. When it's not, ah, it doesn't do anything for my flesh. That's not what matters. It's what pleasing God. You're full of the Spirit. You're under that influence. It's wonderful. And then he says, uh, secondly, uh, they're singing, but also it says, giving thanks always. Boy, isn't that missing? Giving thanks always. That grateful heart. I see so many, and even young people are like, boy, what an awful day. Everyone's against me. Everything's against me. Boy, get filled with the Spirit. And there's a lot of older people like that too. That look like you've been sucking on lemons all morning. But I tell you, when you're filled with the Spirit, giving thanks always. Again, uh, I was talking to my CE class about that today. But there was Brother Gary Gilmore, all the things he's gone through. Preaching on Tuesday. And at the end, he started pleading. And just saying, boy, uh, after all Jesus has done for us. There on the cross was our Lord. Enduring a silence from heaven. When his own father turned his back because he couldn't behold the sin. Your sin. Not his. My sin. Not his. And he went through that. Because he loved you. Why wouldn't you give your life to him? And every day live for nothing else but to put a smile on his face. And yet we have this life of, oh sure, but what has he done for me today? And the Bible says daily he loads us with benefits. And even if he did what he did on the cross that day is more than I deserved. Boy, the... When you're filled with the Spirit. Boy, a lot of us are living on empty. We're filling up on emptiness. And we're not filled with the Spirit. And we're missing that gratefulness. Oh, I'm... Oh, after all He's done for me. After all He's done for me. How could I do less than give Him my best and live for Him completely? After all He's done for me. The third thing there is submission. There in verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Having that right relationship with the authority in your life. And then submitting to the needs of those around you who need you. Boy, this filling of the Spirit, being under His control. The repentant sinner receives the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but must submit to the ongoing control of the indwelling triune Godhead. I remember a while ago, somebody had that glass here and said, um, and the glass was full of rocks. And they said, if I, had, if, I, if I poured water in here, am I able to fill this glass with water? Well, you could take the water to the top, but you cannot fill that glass with water until the rocks are taken out. It will be a full glass, but it's partially water and partially rocks. It's not filled with water. 
and you and I, we won't be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, there's other things uh, that are in there. We have the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but there are things that need to come out so that we can be filled with the Spirit. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Are we to that point? I think a lot of us are, well, that thing I revealed to you a while ago that you're still hanging on to, when will you finally let that go? Am I not better to thee than that sin? Am I not better to thee? Paul teaches that the Lord Jesus is the divine agent who fills by the divine means of the Spirit, giving the believer the divine object, that is, the fullness of God. Listen to these verses. I'll read them kind of slowly. There's a lot of rich, beautiful scripture here. But at the very beginning of Ephesians, in verse 20 and following, it says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Just like he filled that uh, tabernacle with his glory. Uh, uh, In this modern day, he wants this building full of his glory. He wants Christians coming together, living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, coming together. He is the fullness of him that filleth all. In all. Then we jump back a couple chapters, Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 19. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might in his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. And again, that reminds us of Colossians 3.16, where it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This full life that he wants us to have, there's a connection between the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Scriptures. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. That ye might be filled. That ye might be filled. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. For the special tonight... That love of God. Boy, filled with the Spirit. And then very much a part of that, filled with the Scriptures. Filled with the Scriptures. Down here, what do we say? We say talk is cheap. There are so many words floating around down here, but not all words are cheap. The Word of God is precious. In Ephesians 5, 6, 
It says, let no man deceive you with vain words or empty words. Your mind can be filled with empty words. Did you know that? Filling your mind with emptiness. Filling our hearts with emptiness. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But God's words are never empty. God's words are never vain. What does the Bible say in Isaiah 55, 11? So shall be my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. God's word never returns empty. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper the thing whereunto I sent it. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Part of the full life that God wants us to enjoy is being filled with His Holy Spirit. And part of that is being filled with the Scripture. Filled with the words of God, richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Yes, hiding God's words in your heart, but not just letting those words direct you, but letting those words live inside you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. John 15, 7, if ye abide in my words and my words abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Spirit filling and scripture filling go hand in hand. Um, You know, they talk about you can fill up on empty calories. You people that, that know dieting, you can fill up on empty calories. So I was reading about empty calories, people that fill up on emptiness. Filling up on emptiness. So this person was writing an article on empty calories, and the person said, I was excited when I first heard about empty calories. I thought, what are those? Can I eat um, calories that don't have calories? Is there such a thing? Um, A food item I could indulge in completely guilt-free? And then the person said, this, of course, is... Impossible. All food contains calories, and all calories are used by our body for immediate energy stored away as a source of future energy or turned into fat, depending on how many calories you eat at a certain period of time. So if not calorie-free calories, what are empty calories? What is an empty calorie? Well, there's more to what we eat than just the calories within. Sure, we need these calories, which our body turns into energy to survive, But the foods that make up a healthy diet include non-starchy carbohydrates, protein, fiber, healthy fats, provide healthy benefits beyond just energy. Now, foods containing mostly empty calories, on the other hand, uh, put simply, there are foods that have calories, but that's it. No nutritional value. Empty calories provide some immediate energy, but they can't be used to build muscle, supply vitamin. Uh, they don't promote a sense of fullness or satisfaction or provide any other nutritional benefits. And any empty calories not used for energy are stored as fat. As a rule of thumb, if a food does not contain nutrients or if the calories from sugar or fat outweighs the nutrients found in the food, it's considered to be a source of empty calories such as, uh-oh, those soft drinks, the sweet tea, mm, uh, even energy drinks, alcohol. Thought that was interesting in this uh, thing of empty calories. And 
We just talked about other things that we fill up on. Being drunk with wine. Um, junk food, fast food, candy, uh, cakes and donuts. And what makes sense with empty calories is that most often they're consumed in excess. They tend to excess. Wow, they use that word. Where, without a person even knowing, they're over-consuming. And they're not always found in obvious places like desserts. They're hiding in everyday foods like drinks and breakfast items and snacks and condiments. And the person said, I often refer to these empty calories as stealth calories. They sneak their... Isn't that so true? These calories that sneak in past my defenses. The point is, they're like, be careful. You're filling up on emptiness and you don't even realize it. Christian, can I just say, be careful. We're filling up on emptiness. And we don't even realize it. We want the majority of what we eat to not only provide the calories we need for energy, but also nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that we need to survive. And the last thing, again, it goes along with what we just said, but fill, full of the Spirit, be, be filled with the Spirit, be filled with the Scriptures, and be filled with the Savior. And those all go hand in hand. But there in John 1, 15 through 17, John bear witness of Him, and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Of his fullness have we all received. Then Ephesians 4.13 Till we come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. Then in Colossians 2 verses 8 and 9 it again talks about filling up on emptiness. Beware lest any man spoil you. I, I think of spoiling your appetite, huh? Not hungering after those things of value. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. It's so easy to fill up on emptiness. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Boy, our shepherd came so that we could have a life more abundant, that we could have life and a more abundant life, a full life, the thief cometh. Not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I'm the danger of living this life on empty. Start with junk. They say it's best to fill up on something healthy. And then go. And again, I'm preaching it myself tonight. When you go empty, you find that your cravings are your guide. Right? In this life, is it a good thing? Like, like a Disney movie, right? Follow your heart. Let your heart be your guide. And you're like, oh, I read about my heart. But the same thing is, isn't it dangerous to live this life? Let your cravings be your guide. Does that sound good to you? If you've been saved for any length of time. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Oh no. When you're going into the store empty, you find that your cravings are your guide. It's far better to fill up on healthy things so that when you go in, you can make better decisions and you can let your health consciousness be your guide instead. Being full is an extremely powerful defense against craving the wrong things. Can I just tell you, this world is the devil's grocery store. And it is very dangerous to step out into it trying to live life on empty. It's so important to spend that time to be, make sure you're filled up on the goodness of God before you step out every day. Again, I, I can't get away from this thought, and I, I've brought it up before, but there was Eve talking to the devil, and the devil said, hey, what about this fruit? Oh, wouldn't it have been wonderful if she had said, oh, you know what? I am so full on the things God has provided for me. I couldn't possibly stomach another bite. Boy, fullness, I think, would have protected her. And a lot of times we walk out running on fumes spiritually and we place ourselves in great danger. We're filling up on empty calories, those stealth calories. We're filling up on emptiness and it's keeping us from the fullness that God wants for us. I'm telling you, church, we have these revival meetings coming up and we need them. Won't you protect yourself? Won't you get busy right away making sure you're not running on empty? Oh, that this church was full of the goodness of God. The excess, we were tending to excess, giving ourselves over to the influence of what the Holy Spirit wants in our lives. The danger.